Asshole Court is a bi-weekly podcast in which a group of lifelong friends choose a controversial public figure and examine their history through available public records and various publications to determine if that person is as much of an asshole as the general public suspects. We rate the subjects on a not-so-scientific scale, ranging from Mr. Rogers to Hitler, 1 to 11, and average out the three scores in the end for our final number. Just a reminder, our judgment has no legal weight, is strictly an opinion, and is subject to change at any time, especially in the case of new evidence. It shouldn't be taken seriously, so just don't. There are certain things that we know about kids. Little boys will end up with either a fascination with trains, cars, jets, or construction equipment. Little girls will find their fascination in horses or princesses, and they'll often imagine themselves becoming princesses. Then the princess dream transitions to become actresses or pop stars. Just like the boys dream of becoming soldiers, blowing the heads off of bad guys with a machine gun, or fighter pilots, blowing the heads off of bad guys with missiles. As parents, we tend to tell our kids to chase those dreams. That's right, little Ashlyn, you could be on American Idol. Or, that's right, little Joey, that is an M249 saw machine gun, and it absolutely would cut a man in half. But really, we're already dropping hints to have that fucking plan B, because those dreams aren't realistic for our little girls or healthy for our little boys. It's not rational for us to delude our children, and even if we wanted to, who's got the time or money? But the parents of today's show subject went all in on their daughter's dream, and it obviously paid off. For the past 15 years, Taylor Swift has been the most popular pop star in the world, both by record sales numbers and headlines. Even if you've never heard one of her songs, and let's be real, you fucking know you have. When I say that name, you can see her face and very likely know a little bit about her latest boyfriend. But is Tay-Tay an asshole? Is she breaking more than the hearts of famous dudes every few months? Well, grab your glittery guitars, open up that bottle of Prosecco, girl, and maybe prep a batch of I Knew You Were Trouble cookies because nothing says Taylor Swift like crying into your cookie dough, because we're about to unravel the saga of the pop juggernaut on this latest episode of Asshole Court. All right, so before we get started, of course, we want to give shouts out to the folks that suggested this show. And one is Lars Christian Rosness, and the other is Danny with an I, Danny the Sexy Beast. Thank you for the suggestion. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Danny Sexy Beast. Danny the Sexy Beast. Uh, And I said, I think we wanted to, or, you know, we wanted to continue our sort of new tradition of starting off the year with someone that uh, we aren't even sure is an asshole in general. That's right. That's right. Last year was Dolly Parton. That's she scored right. really low. I was going to ask, I thought last year's was Dolly Parton. That's right. All right. Yeah. Good, yeah. Yeah. good memory, buddy. Yep. Yep. That's it. Yep. She was, and she was, uh, yeah, looking at one something. I one think she might three or something. Yeah. I think she might be what the new limit should be, like from Dolly Parton to yeah, Hitler. Yeah. She was a 1.3. Yeah. 1.3 sounds right. Yeah. I, I think. Mr. Rogers is going to score higher than a 1.3, I think, when, whenever we choose to do them. We'll have, to, we'll have to, to check that one, you know. And then I guess we'll have to, some point, that means we'll have to do Hitler, too. So everybody prepare for an eight-show episode. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I uh, caught myself in another, not necessarily rabbit hole, but a Netflix binge thing. It was from the front lines. It was another World War II okay. documentary where they've just okay. colorized a lot of the footage of yeah. the war. Is oh, it yeah. like the grainy color? No, they do a really good job it's, now. It's okay. pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. but it's uh, it's crazy just to watch. 
you know, Mussolini and yeah, Churchill yeah. and Hitler like give speeches, and you're mm-hmm. like, man, this is I don't know. It's intense. Hitler, you can tell, was on so many drugs. Oh, absolutely. God, oh, yeah. he's just fucking fidgeting everywhere and oh, yeah. sweating like he's hell. Tuned and up. Massive tweaker. Oh, man, he's tweaking yeah. like hell. Well, that's, that's a known thing now. Yeah. You see his regiment of drugs, and it was borderline Hunter S. Thompson-esque. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it was all uppers. It was yeah. all uppers. And But he was really proud of himself for not drinking or Maybe, eating yeah. meat. But you're like, bro, you were on meth hard. Hard. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But I do not drink. No yeah. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> that was love it. Um, <laughs> Mind dentures. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get to from the inbox. We got a, a couple new reviews. Oh, uh, which is always good, and they are both five stars. So thank you both. Awesome. Yay! I already like them already. Exactly, and one actually is. Danny, the sexy beast. Oh, hey. hey. Nice. That's right. Danny's showing hard this episode. That's right. I she like is. It. She is. And, I mean, if you get to choose your own name, why not be the sexy beast? That's right. Confidence. Yeah. Danny, the sexy beast from Canada. Don't hey. you know? Hey. <laughs> she says, hey, guys, love the show and love your takes on life. I get weird looks from friends and coworkers all the time because I laugh out loud listening to your show on my headphones. A show request is to please do Taylor Swift. I am a huge fan of Taylor Swift, but feel like you guys could change my mind on that. Well, huh. Merry Christmas, Danny. Yeah, here sexy we beast. are. And, you know, I don't know if that's our whole like mission. I don't. I don't think it is. We're not, not always. We're not, we're not out to prove anything. Not we're always. We're just here to, to, to friendly discussion about the people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but right. I mean, as people walk through the world, they might not know enough about their favorite celebrities, and mm-hmm. who knows, there could be some skeletons in the closet that they don't know about. That is true. So you guys may reference a lot of song titles throughout this episode that I'm unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. Mike, you already dropped a couple, I think, in the intro read. I didn't, and not intentionally. Oh, man. Oh, you did one or two. Did I? Yeah, yeah. That was a total accident. <laughs> Good for me. <laughs> I thought for sure something about crying in the cookie dough was one of uh, them. Yeah, that is Is that one. the name of her song? I knew you were trouble cookies. Okay. Oh, I, I knew, knew you, you were, were trouble, trouble yeah. is one of her songs. Okay. All I right. knew you were trouble when yeah, you walked so in. Yeah, I did know that one. I did know that one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I knew you were trouble. Um, and I've got a a middle school daughter who is obsessed yeah. with Taylor Swift. Yeah, we weren't so. really sure because I haven't listened to a lot. Randy hasn't listened to a lot. So he was like, well, let's play a couple uh, buddy knew all the words immediately, and I, you know, immediately I was like, oh, kind of like, well, what the fuck? And then I was, like, oh, that's right, you you have a daughter that's twelve, yes, eleven, with the 12? airs to her on repeat here at the oh, house, yeah. and I mean, like, she has her own little bow speaker. She goes to the shower, mm-hmm. and I mean, it is just you know, Club Taylor. It is. These yeah. kids are they're really you know. big fans of her. Um, I, you know, I don't have any issues with taylor swift so but we're gonna find out more about it sure so the next uh, review also five stars and this is from red rover o2 and they are out of the united states i don't know if it's a guy or a girl they say ahc is entertaining interesting and well produced it could easily be very juvenile but they strike the right tone and usually get a chuckle out of me each episode i listen to numerous podcasts and a podcast has to be something to be added to my regular rotation when I do listen, they only—I <laughs> don't know what this means—but let's see if we can glean. I this. saw that. Then you could tell what he's. When I do listen, they—I think it's the only bodily waste is some heavy breathing from my walking. Ah, I guess that references the trend we've had recently of right. 
uh, masturbating, farting, and shitting. What <laughs> um, are the other things people all the bodily functions told us that they did while listening to our episodes? That's right. I mean, I'm entertained. I am are too. Are you not entertained? I, uh, am. I am entertained. And I think that guy's or that person's, um, you know, we don't know. Review tracks pretty well, like yeah. the juvenile part. Like that's true. You know. We go off on tangents. We do, but, but they're mm-hmm. concise. They're and we do. We bring it back, and I like the way you put it. We strike the right tone. Is that That's what it right. is? All right. Yeah. 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 I can dig it. Red Rover. Thanks, 02. Red Rover. 02. Yeah. Appreciate that oh, with yeah. the lightest uh, bodily function so far of all of our <laughs> listeners, with the heavy breathing. So, with that in mind, you guys got anything else, or do we want to get to preliminary scores? I think we should jump into prelims. Okay. With that in mind, let's get to preliminary scores. Buddy, you go first. All right. So, like I said, uh, Taylor Swift, I'm definitely familiar with Taylor here in the house. You know, my daughter being in middle school, we know a lot. She's been, you know, she went to the Airs Tour movie when it came out, uh, was singing. That shit's like three hours long. It straight up is. Three hours. And I remember I was telling her, I was like, hey, we can, um, we might be going uh, skiing maybe, you know, at some point. And it's about a three-hour drive. She was like, I can watch the Airs Tour the whole way up, and I can just watch it the whole way back, and it'll be done. I was like... There you yeah, go. There true. it is. There you yeah. go. Thank yeah. you, Taylor Swift. Scores going down already. <laughs> well, Dad drives the whole fucking way. <laughs> I was like, bring your AirPods because I'm not listening to that. Yeah, no, right. definitely not. But uh, yeah, no, I'm very familiar with the subject today. One of the things that always sticks out for me whenever I think of Taylor Swift was um, Nikki Glasser was doing a roast on Comedy Central, and she was just kind of going through everybody that was there. And uh, Jewel was there, and she goes, oh, and Jewel is here today, or like I think of her as Trailer Swift. Oh, <laughs> Trailer <shit>. Swift. <laughs> Damn. And, then, uh, and Jewel's a good sport about it. She you was have to be, yeah. yeah. You don't want to end up like that dude that charged that judge in Las Vegas <laughs> yeah, this that week. Was wild. God. She also said, she goes, uh, you know, I don't want to bad mouth you because God already did. Oh, oh man, <laughs> God, that's Damn. harsh, man. <laughs> but uh, it is a roast, <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, and then uh, the other thing that I think of uh, with Taylor Swift that just pops first into my mind is um, I remember an interview that Kobe Bryant was giving at one point, and the interviewer asked, you know, who do you have in you know your car right now? Who are you listening to? Mm-hmm. Like, we'd be surprised if it was like Taylor Swift. He was like, No, I've got Taylor Swift in the car. And they were like, what? And then he's like, no, absolutely. Like, she is at the top of her game. Mm-hmm. She puts out number one album after number one album after number one album. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't deny it. You know, like, she is at the top of her game. And if I can listen to her and, you know, figure out how she does this or, you know, just pick up anything from her, I'm going to do better in my life. I was always intrigued by that, by Kobe saying that about Taylor Swift. So I just, it's not great, but I imagine them bumping. Um in the helicopter, as <laughs> <laughs> it, as it, I go one too many dates. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, and I, what they say, what they say. Yeah, R.I.P. Black Mamba. Yep. <laughs> so uh, those are the two things that I think of. Uh, first off, with Taylor Swift, but I think she's uh probably pretty pretty solid. I know that she does a lot of stuff with her fans. Always has uh, from the beginning. Always like just showing up at like random fans' house, like for. They'll invite her to birthday parties or something through Instagram, and she'll just randomly show up at some like fan's house or something like that, and has done that for a decade plus. I've tried like six times, and she won't show up <laughs> to my birthday party. Taylor, if you're listening. Yeah. It's my 41st birthday party. I'm a huge Tay fan. 
So, uh, yeah, no, but uh, right off the rip when we're talking about scores, I got to assume that she's uh, she's pretty vanilla uh, is what I'm thinking. So uh, I, I got to imagine that she is not as much of an asshole as Ellen DeGeneres. So I'm going to score a little bit lower than that and put her at a 4.20. Oh, wow. Okay. Right yeah. off the rip for 4. 4.20. 4.20 for Buddy. Randy, what you got? I mean, Buddy, are you, you're not being racist, are you? How so? Being vanilla? Uh, you know, just she might be you. a freak. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> when I hear I'm vanilla, like, I always think of somebody that's just doing missionary positions nonstop. It's <laughs> <laughs> my vanilla friends. They don't go to my nasty sex clubs. <laughs> You're like, no, nobody wants to. That's gross and strange. <laughs> so honestly, like outside looking in, when I think of Taylor Swift, I think honestly she's a grinder, man. This chick has worked super hard for a, a long time. All I ever think of is or see. Is her either on tour or putting out albums? You never really like don't hear of her for too long. Yeah, yeah, you know sure. What I mean, she's just always kind of in the spotlight, and she's never really fucked up real bad. Yeah, you know, she's never had that one thing that mm-hmm. like every celebrity has and at some point. She is like almost the poster child for all like if Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears and all yeah. those could have followed that same track, probably not as successful. I mean, it's her hard work that gets her success, but. Like, she's just never fucked up. She never went crazy. She never did anything really stupid. Yeah, yeah she could have gone that Lindsay Lohan route yeah, or something that, like and that. And that's the thing. She's already made it. She's in her 30s, right? She's got to be she was, 30 yeah, yeah, years yeah. old. Something like so that. So now, like, she is she's like, good. so Yeah, she's good. She's like, you can fuck up now and just like, ah, she's an adult. Yeah. yeah. She, yeah. she like, can take a decade of, off. Yeah, one of her big albums is 1989. That's right. That's she was because, born. I think that's the year she Actually, was Actually, and there were some pretty good tracks off that, too. I'm not going to lie. I remember when that was big. I remember hearing a couple. I was like, you know, I don't hate that at all. It's pretty. In fact, it was, I guess, respected enough that Ryan Adams, who's like an alt-country dude and an indie rock guy, Ryan Adams, not Brian Not Adams. Brian. All right, all right. You <laughs> saw my face light that's up, right, and I yeah. was like... No, no. Ryan, Ryan Adams covered... And the, I almost just started singing Rod Stewart. Yeah, no. That's <laughs> old. Yeah. No, you lately. <laughs> I love you. That's not Brian Adams. <laughs> yeah. Or but Ryan Adams. <laughs> Ryan Adams Sorry. actually covered the entirety of that album. He did the entire album in just his own version of it. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was like, that's kind of cool. But anyways, go ahead, Randy. So, Have I told you? That's right. <laughs> But I wanted to bring it back to your intro read. Mm-hmm. You assume that all little boys want to kill people. I mean, they get into soldier <laughs> shit pretty hard, man. <laughs> they get into soldier shit pretty hard. They do. They do. Anyway, that just kind of caught me off guard. We're like, all the little boys want to go to be soldiers and kill people. I'm like, huh. Yeah. I wanted to be a baseball player, but. Yeah. That's true. You never thought about being like a soldier that was like machine gun of people? I think of that more now. <laughs> I definitely think of that more now than I do. Driving then. around in Atlanta traffic, uh, Randy's uh, got like something mounted on his car. Uh, yeah. Wherever. I my mind will take me to all kinds of weird places. Yeah. But yeah. But no, she fucking works extremely hard. She's never really fucked up. She is kind of the template for a star. I I'm surprised Buddy came firing as hard as he did at her. I am gonna throw her in off the rip at three point one. Miley Cyrus is a four point oh two. I figure Tay Tay is a little bit less than that. So okay. 3.1 from Randall. All right, Mikey, what you got pre-show for Tay-Tay? Yeah, uh, she is... You can't avoid her. She's everywhere. Uh, she's extremely successful. She strikes me as being like a pretty nice person. And, yeah, uh, Like we were talking about, like, I don't listen to all of her music, but even a couple tracks off 1989, I was like, those aren't bad. You know what I mean? That's better than most pop that's getting put out, you it's know? True. Sure. So, just to keep it short and sweet i'm just gonna i'm gonna put her at a three i think she's probably on the nicer side of the average person 
And we'll go from there. I think that tracks pretty well. 3.0 for Mikey Pre-Show. All right. With a 4.2 from Buddy, a 3.1 from Randy, and a 3.0 from Mikey, Taylor Swift scores a pre-show asshole score of a 3.43. All right, 3.43. We have the possibility of another very low score. Dolly Parton, lowest of all time, like we alluded to, at a 1.3. Second on our list is the Pilgrims who came here in peace to settle our country at a 3.83. So in between Dolly Parton and the Pilgrims pre-show lies Taylor Swift. Very okay. good. All right. Well, you guys ready to shake it off? I knew that was coming. Oh, it's there easy it one. There we go. It was already in there. That's what people say. That is what people say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Taylor Allison Swift is born on a farm in West Reading, Pennsylvania on December 13th, 1989. Her dad, Scott, is a farmer, and her mom, Andrea, is a stay-at-home mom. Well, that's sort of true. See, they do live on a farm. It's a Christmas tree farm. And that technically makes her dad a farmer. But in reality, like us as podcasters, the farm is more of a hobby than a primary source of income. His actual work is as a uh, stockbroker and a financial advisor for Merrill Lynch. Ah, okay. There yes. we go. Uh, okay. It wasn't like Tegrity Farms or anything? It wasn't. Oh, Tegrity okay. Farms. Tegrity. What's Tegrity Farms? That's, that's uh, uh, Randy, Randy Marsh's, Marsh's weed farm. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tegrity. Tegrity. Uh, her mother spent her time pushing her friends and family to buy a box full of llama-printed LuLaRoe leggings, and then a year later, doTERRA essential oils to holistically cure <laughs> their nausea over being an adult and spending so much on shitty llama-printed pants. <laughs> of course, I'm kidding. I don't think those companies existed then. And while Andrea was a stay-at-home mom, it was only after a successful career as a marketing executive for a mutual fund. Oh, okay. So, so she probably yeah made a bunch of money when they decided to have kids. She mm-hmm. probably stopped working because he made enough to... That's right. Yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's right. Okay. There you go. So they are, air quote, farmers who live on an air quote farm. And that's okay. Sure. Nothing wrong with yeah, that. No, that's all right. And that's I, air quote fine. Yes, and I... Air quoted a farmer as well now. <laughs> I also now have chickens, you and do I don't have fully understand now. it. Chicken farmer Mikey. That's right. That's right. He's a poultry farmer. Actually. I am, yes. Uh, you watch me chase chickens around my yard in a fucking suit and tie when I come home. <laughs> Is that Mayor Mikey? <laughs> That's right. You're first on the shopping block, pussy. They don't have fuck you money, but they do sort of have fuck it money, you know? Yeah. Taylor initially uh, attends a Montessori school. When Taylor's around nine years old, she, like many girls of that age, gets really into musicals. You know, like all millennials, she probably watched and loved The Lion King, and then in 1997, they launched The Lion King Broadway thing, and because her family's definitely going to Broadway shows, she saw that shit and was like, I want to be on Broadway. All right. That's my theory, at least. I don't okay. know if that's true or not. It all spawned from The, the Lion King. Probably. I mean, those millennials around there, they're a little younger than us. Like, we're technically zennials. Yeah, that fall right in between yeah, the we, cuspers. We were a little too old for Lion King, but if you talk to people that are like two or three years younger than us, like the Lion King changed their life. Man. Yeah, it's yeah, really it's like their biggest movie ever. Anyway, the difference between her and most other nine-year-old girls that watch fucking Grease and decide that they'll be Olivia Newton-John is that Taylor's parents have fuck it money, and so she is taken to New York City for vocal and acting lessons. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. What age was this? Nine. She's nine. Okay. So they're like, we'll take you up to New York City. And I mean, she's in Pennsylvania. They're in Pennsylvania. It's yeah. close. So three yeah, hours. but I mean, still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was just over the summer while they were already at their beach house in Stone Harbor, New Jersey. I don't know. Which is true. She summered in Stone 
Harbor, New Jersey. Yeah, they definitely had some fuck it money. Yeah, yeah. Either way, uh, just a couple of years later, she shifts a little bit and moves towards uh, just the music part, saying she was inspired by Shania Twain, Faith Hill, and the Dixie Chicks, the country women powerhouses of the time. So, at this point, 11 years old, she's like, Mom and Dad, you know how I told you I wanted to be a country singer for Christmas and you bought me studio time and I recorded demos? Well, I know what I need to do. I need you to take me to Nashville so that I can shop these fucking things to the major country record labels. And her mom is like, pack your fucking bags, Taylor. <laughs> Scott, watch Austin while we're out. Dinner's in the oven. We'll be back with a record deal. <laughs> and when she arrives to record executives in Nashville and hands them her demo tapes, they're like, well, holy shit. We've never had a teenage girl submit us demos before. <laughs> and you're blonde. And your mama is your manager. I say, hush my mouth. You a sign, little lady. <laughs> I'm kidding. She gets denied. Denied. <laughs> what was the guy's name off of, uh, like, Dukes of Hazard? Rufus? That was Boss Hog. Boss Hog. Boss Hog. Hog. <laughs> That's who I We had never seen a teenager go submit us demos before. That's you said that you have an interest in music and becoming a celebrity? That is absolutely out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> but Taylor's not an ordinary 11-year-old. She recalls thinking that she was rejected because, quote, everyone in that town wanted to do what I wanted to do. So I kept thinking to myself, I need to figure out a way to be different. She debated becoming the first female flatulist, but... Her mom is like, Taylor, vaudevillian fart shows have been out of popularity for nearly a century now. Why don't you just try being a country singer that actually writes and sings her own songs? Maybe play an instrument while you do it. Seems novel, doesn't it? Lepetamine had retired long before. That is right. There yes. we go. And for <laughs> long-time listeners, you're welcome. We talk about Lepetamine. There is a, an actual flatulist now, and so I caught myself uh, watching his YouTube video at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Very, <laughs> very quickly, it went from funny to gross. <laughs> when it got wet, you know, yeah. it starts to... I'm talking within like 12 seconds. I was just like dying, and then I was kind of like, oh, this video is three minutes long. <laughs> Plus, he's wearing like green tights, and he's dressed like a superhero. It's very strange. Enjoy that. Interesting. All right. Taylor thinks for a second. She says, well, <laughs> learning an instrument and writing songs is harder than farting into a microphone, but I'll try it. <laughs> that's what most 11-year-olds think, too. Yeah. <laughs> I almost spit my water all yeah. over the table there. Yeah. And that's how I uh, like imagine it went down, but that is just full artistic license on my end. <laughs> anyway, whatever, uh, whatever way it happened, after that rejection, she does pick up the guitar. But as she alluded to, learning to play an instrument Ain't like farting into a mic. <laughs> a little bit more. It takes effort and time. Luckily for her, a local computer repairman and musician named Ronnie Creamer comes to her aid. <laughs> Ronnie Creamer? I know. I'm already laughing, so everybody's going to be like, all right, tell us you're joking, Mikey. That's very true. I just When you say his name in a real sentence, <laughs> Ronnie Creamer. Ronnie Creamer. Yeah. And comes to her aid, and I just didn't even mean to write it like that. Anyways, look. It's written like a fucking porn (laughs) for you. See, her parents found him. I need to know (laughs) how to play this musical instrument. That's right. And get my VCR fixed. That's right. Or whatever he was. He's a computer repairman and a guitar. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, See, her parents found him at a Mexican restaurant 
He was sitting on a stool and playing shitty Jimmy Buffett covers too loudly one Friday evening while 90% of the restaurant patrons tried to eat and yell over Margaritaville and carry on a conversation. Of course, like always, some lady had had too much to drink, had kicked off her sandals, and was dancing on the floor in front of Ronnie, singing off key and making desperate efforts to pull her much more sober husband onto the floor to dance with me, babe. (laughs) We've all seen her. Oh, yeah, we have. That woman was Taylor's mom. And she loved Ronnie's passable renditions of Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> I'm kidding about that. I have no clue how they met Ronnie. He might have fixed their computers. <laughs> it might have been a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> but again. So, well, it's so funny you paint that picture because yeah. do you know how real that is? Oh, 100%. You may know the, the mm-hmm. Mexican restaurant my wife and I frequent. Yes. Friday nights. Mm-hmm. Has live music. Yep. And, Hate um, live music with a fucking what, The way passion. you described it is we sit at the table. Mm-hmm. Well, we do a couple of things. Either we, if we're talking, you know, just talking and cutting up, or we'll find interesting people just to watch. Yeah, of course. And there's the, uh, multiple times there's this guy at the bar. He's bald, mm-hmm. and he's by himself. But he's like, oh, you know, late 30s-ish, and he thinks very highly of himself, you can tell. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's just kind of always there when we're there. And when the music gets going, he's the one in the dance floor oh. like, trying to pull like the, lady the ladies the off. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> There's a, definitely some undercover like cops or the security guards that are like, watch that fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you talking about Gary Groper over there? Trust me, I'm on him. Yeah. I see him. I see him right there. Gary Glitter, wasn't that the guy's name? Gary Glitter was a pedophile. That's right, yeah. That's right. What song was he? Uh, there was some big song from the seventies. He wrote oh, it, and then he moved to Thailand and became a pedophile. Well, he was a pedophile, and then ended up going to Thai prison. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck I think off. He wrote yeah, like good for you. One of like the big sports. Th- songs. I think what? so. The dun 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 dun. Hey, I think that was Gary Glitter. Gary Glitter. Yeah, ended up being a pedophile and rotted in a Thai prison where he should have. That's right. See you later, loser. Getting beat up by little Thai men. That's right. Just you don't fuck with those movie Thai kickboxers. Catch a knee right to the groin. Very true. Uh, yes, I don't know how they met Ronnie, uh, but like I said, uh, <laughs> artistic license, I'll take it every time. Actually, according to one article I found, the ever-respected NikkiSwift.com being the source, <laughs> she says that uh, Taylor Swift said that he visited their house one day with his guitar in tow, and that's what started the teacher-student relationship. Ronnie helps her not only learn to play the guitar, but gives her some pointers on songwriting, which makes sense considering how super successful his run as a computer repairman is. <laughs> We're sitting here laughing at him. He's like, well, he's probably doing pretty well now if he was Taylor Swift's right hand man yeah, coming up. We're like, ha, 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 computer repair guy. He's like, I get 1% of everything in perpetuity. That's yeah. right, yeah. Either way, Taylor Pence, her first song, Lucky You, around the age of 12, and uh, we'll come back to old Ronnie Kramer in a bit. Nice. Taylor's parents continue to throw their fuck it money around to support Taylor's dreams of stardom around this time. In 2003, they hire talent manager Dan Dimetro to manage Taylor's burgeoning career. He had, for at least a short time, also been Britney Spears' manager. Britney Spears. Britney Spears. And he quickly delivered by locking her into a modeling gig with Abercrombie and Fitch, where she uh, is photographed... Cleverly with a guitar and wiping tears from her face and also getting her meetings with major record labels. I had to go look up her Abercrombie yeah, and Fish thing. Yeah, yeah. Literally guitar wiping tears from her face and I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> 
It's whatever. I mean, it tracks. Yeah. It's, it's for exactly what they got, what they wanted. That's a good yeah. shot. Right? Uh, I'm just saying, like, that's lazy on the person's part. They're <laughs> like, what are you into? Singing? Get her a guitar and cry. <laughs> You're a country singer? Cry, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Dimetro, if you're listening, we too are willing to pose for team casual clothing companies, <laughs> crying, holding microphones, whatever you want. <laughs> Hell, Randy has recently agreed in the latest conspiracy court to wearing Lululemon leggings. That's right. So maybe Damn it, there's some affiliation this. opportunities there. Hit us up and let us know. I, With look, the toga. That was the thing. I had the choice to either wear Lulu leggings or in a long t-shirt. <laughs> or, or, jeans. or jeans every day, <laughs> every day. <laughs> and I guess now when you say that out loud, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. But yeah, I he hate chose jeans. Chose the Lululemon I with the jeans, like ankles shirts. Basically, ankles. No, it was a tunic. That's what we went with. We, that's what got us into the discussion <laughs> about wearing a tunic. Yeah, a cotton tunic. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he lands these meetings. It was very good for it because RCA gives her an artist development deal, hmm. and I was like trying to figure. I was like, what does that really mean necessarily? Like. So an artist development deal is an agreement where a record label company helps nurture a musician's career. Hold on, is this like a promise ring from like the record label? Effectively. Like, if you do good. A lot of people actually get signed to these things before they actually get big, right? It's like yeah. the intro, right? They're like, okay, you have enough talent. We don't want to put a ton of money behind you, but It's a maybe. promise ring. That's exactly yeah, what that that's is. What, yeah, yeah, it's like if you take off. That's right. Remember who got you there. That's right. Yeah. If we can make it through this tough run, baby, I'll get you a real ring one day. I love you. Now, let me put my hand in your back pocket and come on with me. Uh, Ooh, like my Fleur de Lee jeans. That's right. Key elements of such a deal include development and mentorship. That's where they're, like, they're improving the artist's skills, style, brand through coaching and guidance, recording and production. They'll provide resources for like recording demos and early tracks, including studio time and production assistance. Marketing and promotion. They're like developing strategies for building a fan base and establishing a strong online and offline presence. So it sounds like exactly what you described is they kind of give you a little bit of an infrastructure in their yep. contacts, but they don't have to pour a ton of money into you. Exactly. Give you a little bit of studio time, you know yep. what I mean? Introduce you to some people, but it's kind of like go network, yeah. do good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see, it's, it's seed money for a startup company, yep. effectively, yeah. right? Yeah, they'll do some contractual terms, career guidance, uh, and some deals focus on the artist's growth but they may come with a limitation on like creative control and contractual restrictions. Makes sure. Sense. So they're like, if she wanted to be like, I don't want to do country music anymore, they're like, that's not what we signed up for, girl. You need seven more albums of country music. That's yeah. right. Uh, to this reality, the constant trips to Nashville uh, are getting exhausting. But her dad is feeling so confident in Taylor's talents that he sells the farm and quits his job so they can move down to Nash Vegas permanently. Hmm. Again, only partially true, they do sell the farm but he just transfers to Merrill Lynch's uh, Nashville office. Oh, okay. So okay. Not, a, not a huge sacrifice. Taylor ends up homeschooling due to touring pressures and continues uh, trying to beat the door down in Nashville. However, she becomes frustrated with the lack of development in her uh, artist development deal and feels like she might get bogged down in the development purgatory, which does happen sometimes with new unproven artists. I mean, I could see that. You've probably got so many competitors and people in line. Oh, and yeah. Hundreds of people that... Honestly, look and sound probably a lot like you. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah, and if you're not getting that, you're literally, you have to be like the squeaky wheel to get the attention. Yeah. Otherwise, Yeah, get arrested, show some titties, do something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That could be it. I love that. <laughs> dude, that, that's Randy's game plan automatically. <laughs> Go full skank. That's what you've got to do. And we work it backwards from there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> then you have some PR recovery, yeah. and then you get back in the It'll work races. out great. There's going to be some really good uh, you know, reality TVs coming down your way. 
Kim Kardashian model. I may not have done well as a pop star. How are you going to separate yourself, Randy? With I'm pulling my dick out at the In and Out Burger. Uh, all right, so she exits her development deal and works to get a full album in the can. She's like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. And also, she has the backing of her parents, who are her patrons, so she can do it. And they got some fuck it money. They so. do. They'll get her in the studio. That's right. At an industry talent showcase at the famous Bluebird Cafe, Scott Borchetta, an executive with DreamWorks Records or whatever, is in the very early stages of launching his own record company, Big Machine Records, a joint venture with Toby Keith, who honestly might have the goofiest look ever for an album cover with his debut, the self-named Toby Keith album where he looks like a dimwit yokel about to ask for his sister's hand in marriage. Hey, right. you talking trash about my album cover. <laughs> Go take a look at it. Let's it pull is, it up real quick and see what it looks let's like. Let's do it. Remember, dimwit yokel about to ask for his sister's hand in marriage. All right, so there it is. <laughs> there it is. He's looking a little cool way. Oh, he's man. He's got like a jean shirt on or something. He's got a bolo tie, a jean shirt, and he looks coy. He's about to ask the big question. <laughs> he's got black jeans on. He black does. jeans, a tucked in denim shirt with all kinds of snazzy buttons, it looks like. He says, Dad, I- it looks like a preacher's collar. What the hell's going on up there, buddy? It's his bolo tie. Is that a bolo tie? Oh, it's, it's a bolo, bolo tie. tie. Yeah, oh, it is there a bolo we go. tie. He and said, a rock hard mullet. He said, Daddy, I want to be respectful. I'm going to ask you a question now about <laughs> Lurleen. <laughs> Good call, Mike. Thank you. I pulled it up. I went down a rabbit hole looking at Toby Keith's shit, and I was like, oh, my God. It's good. Uh, as it turns out, though, Borchetta thinks that Swift might be the perfect pickup for his new label because she's totally different than any other pretty teenager country singer he'd ever seen. Plus, well, there's the real bonus that Taylor's dad, Scott, has been looking for an investment opportunity and decides that Big Machine Records is a great opportunity, so he strokes a check (laughs) to Borchetta for 120 Gs and becomes a 3% owner of the company, giving BMR a roughly $4 million valuation out of the gate. Huh, okay. Was there a relationship to her deal and her dad's seed money for the record company she signed with? You'll have to be the judge on that. A lot of people have pointed uh, this out to detract from her talent, but let's be honest, there's a lot of rich little daddy's girls who try to buy their way into the industry all the time with limited success. Absolutely. Oh, man. Absolutely. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. And if having rich parents uh, was a detriment to artistic ability, we'd never have The Strokes, for instance, uh, whose lead singer, Julian Casablancas, is the son of modeling industry magnate John Casablancas. Really? Yep. Okay. Huh. John Casablancas is dead now, but actually almost every member of The Strokes has a, like, a rich or famous parent. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And wasn't Weezer? Didn't they all come from money? They went to I Stanford. Know. I know that. No, he went to, he Harvard, went to Harvard, Harvard, Harvard. But he went to Harvard after the Blue Album. Really? Oh, he did. I thought it was before. Oh, nope. For some reason. He recorded the Blue Album, and then he went to Harvard, and he fell into like a super deep depression. And then he graduated, and then he ended up coming out, and then that's when they put out Pinkerton, I think. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he didn't have money first, I don't think. Anyway, locked in with Big Machine, she drops her first album, shockingly titled Taylor Swift, just like our boy Toby Keith. Everybody just put your own name out there. Uh, and it blows the fuck up. It also, in my opinion, hints at a level of business shrewdness that people are just starting to recognize with uh, Taylor Swift. And that is all because the first single that's off the album Is it mind-blowing artistically? Not at all. It's standard country fodder. First lines include Chevy truck and getting it stuck on back roads at night. 
Another line mentions old faded blue jeans. Fucking Walmart country paint by numbers all day, baby. Well, she's not reinventing the wheel here. No. You know. But the genius here was the song is titled Tim McGraw, who at that time was basically country music Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. It's the equivalent of a new novelist publishing their first book called Stephen King. (laughs) (laughs) Just because he is mentioned by name a few times. Country music radio stations will practically jizz in their pants at the idea of an industry self-referential single, which is why I titled this episode Joe Rogan. (laughs) (laughs) We've been asked by our fans, guys, we want more. And just like a genie in a bottle, your wish is our command. Our Patreon page is now live. Find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ahcpodcast to get access to our all-new Conspiracy Court episodes, get a shout-out on one of our Asshole Court episodes, voting power on future episodes, stickers, swag, and a whole lot more. Go to patreon.com slash podcast to get your fix today. And now, back to your regularly scheduled shenanigans. Anyway, 2007 was a stellar year for Taylor Swift as she snagged the Nashville Songwriters Association's Songwriter Artist of the Year Award, oh, wow. making her the youngest winner ever. So when she put out her first album, like, I guess she had a, a distribution source. And was yeah. a lot of this online already? Like, I'm trying to figure out how such a small label... Well, they weren't a small label, right? So it's weird how that stuff works out, is that those labels that are built like that like he already the the, what you know the guy that set this up already had a really good track record and uh he teamed up with toby keith who obviously at that point was huge had tons of money yeah and that's why i said most record labels that start like that if they're just like they don't have any connections like that i mean honestly they're worth like i don't know 10 20 thousand bucks right but because of those connections like having a four million dollar valuation is actually pretty reasonable and i've nerded out and i was like all right let me look this up and see what a record, like you know a, a, an unproven record company to some extent what is that you know if he's putting one hundred twenty thousand dollars down and buying three percent of that company that gives it a four million dollar valuation is that normal it actually is okay <laughs> i also heard an interesting fact about this that Toby had slated Taylor to be like the opening act on his like tour that year. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Budweiser was like the major sponsor for it. Mm-hmm. And because Taylor was 17 at the time, she couldn't be on tour with that. Yeah. Huh. But as it comes full circle, Toby ended like they didn't realize it till it was like maybe just a week or two before it. They had to cut her. Mm-hmm. Toby Keith ended up cutting her a check like later on for what she would have been paid out. Oh, wow. For the for all of the shows, huh. even though she couldn't play at it, huh? That's possible. I mean, I can see that for sure. I mean, and it would make total sense. He's a re- yeah. Of course, he wants to give her some exposure. Yeah, yeah. Because they only signed like a few people at that point or whatever. But yeah, I mean, so they already had like, uh, the other thing too is that usually those record companies like Big Machine Records or whatever, they're signed under like way bigger labels okay. like Columbia or something like that. So those distribution deals are already sort of built into they the They have yeah. it already in the infrastructure. They're baked in the back cake. channels oh, okay. and okay. stuff like that. Yeah. They just gotta get a star and they're like, okay, you know, let's put this out Here's there. Here's how we'll get it to the masses. Yep. Yeah. Uh and she collected awards uh like a rich shake in Dubai collects Instagram models to poop on. Scooping up Country Music Association's Horizon Award, the Academy of Country Music Awards top new female vocalist, and the American Music Awards favorite country female artist. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know i mean nobody, we nobody, about we, scooping up awards all i can think of is a handful of shit well 
Nobody wants to talk about the uh, what they call the Dubai porta potties. <laughs> what are Dubai porta potties? Oh man, go Google that shit. You guys have a fun time. We won't do it right now. We'll do it later. All right. But uh, as Randy grabs for his phone, <laughs> there's a lot of young women out there that are Instagram models that are apparently being paid tons of money to do unspeakable things in Dubai. Oh, oh yeah. Everybody oh. enjoy that. Oh man, two girls, one porta potty. That's yes. There's some fucked up oh. shit, man. Again, and they're doing it in porta potties. No, they're the porta potty. Oh, <laughs> yeah. spoiler yeah. alert! I'm yeah. not googling that. You will. You will later. Don't you lie. Nah. It's not, there's not videos of it. I'm not watching. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not uh, down with scat videos, Mikey. There's no videos. Right. I mean, I'm sure there is, yeah. but I, I didn't look at the videos. Right. No, it's actually really again. It's the reason that again, Dubai should just be cleared off the map at this point. <laughs> It's not great. We digress a little bit. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> At the 50th uh, annual Grammy Awards, uh, she was in the running for the Best New Artist, proving that she's more than just a pretty face with a guitar. Do you remember who won it that year? I don't. Should have looked it up. Who was it? <laughs> what year are You're we talking You're asking the about? wrong guy. Uh, Buddy, go to the tape. Amy Winehouse. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that would have been Amy Winehouse. All right. yeah, I would agree with that. R.I.P. Amy Winehouse. In 2008, Swift opened for Rascal Flats and briefly dated Joe Jonas because who doesn't like their country stars with a side of boy band drama? That's right. Yeah, and that's almost kind of like podcast cross-promoting with another podcast in a sense. Just, you know, building their bases up. Mm -hmm. Which order of the Jonas Brothers is Joe? I don't even know. Middle one? I I don't know. Maybe. I don't even know anything about them. We're so far beyond that. Plus, I wouldn't have been, even if I was that age, I definitely wasn't the target demographic. Well, the one guy is really famous now. Yeah. I don't know it. Nick, maybe, is Nick one of their Jonas. names? Nick and Joe. But <laughs> Bonus Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> He's the stepbrother. Yeah, that's right. The stepbrother that's Bonus right. Jonas. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He's got brunette hair. Yeah. He plays drums. They're all brunettes. <laughs> yeah. He's got blonde, blonde hair. No, the, all the Jonas brothers are... You're right. They are brunette, yeah. yeah. Uh, Yeah, but yeah, she dated him. And the <laughs> Bonus <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, she dated uh, Joe Jonas. And uh, woo-wee, is uh, Taylor Swift boy crazy, right? <laughs> Seriously, though, Taylor has a long list that we'll be going through and not in a what a skank kind of way. It's just part of her overall story. In November 2008, Taylor Swift unleashed her second album, Fearless, and the world basically lost its shit. Critics love it, and Swift spat out chart toppers like Love Story and You Belong With Me, Faster than a tuned-up meth head at a karaoke bar, <laughs> Love Story blew up and went to uh, number four on Billboard's Hot 100. It even ran up to number one in Australia. Huh. Yeah, she dropped some bangers. Like, for die, the charts. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we like that Taylor Swift. I like the Swift, yeah. Oh, I like country music a lot, you fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> Uh, Fearless didn't just hit number one on the Billboard 200. It was the freaking prom queen of 2009's U.S. album sales. Swift's Fearless tour turned concert venues into her personal cash register, raking in over $63 million. Wow. Wow. Good for her. Second album, 63 mil off of her second tour. And then there's uh, Journey to Fearless, her documentary miniseries, because why live a life when you can watch Taylor's, right? Uh, <laughs> the one Mikey's scene, a little jealous already. I know. 
the one scene that drew the most attention was Taylor hurriedly excusing herself to the restroom on her tour bus after drinking nearly three bottles of Prosecco, <laughs> destroying a Taco Bell $5 deluxe <laughs> craving box, and demanding that the cameraman, quote, turn that fucking camera off, Kyle, or I swear to God, I'm going to pull your hair out, you fat slob. <laughs> I think I've seen that part on YouTube. <laughs> I think I've seen that video before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three bottles of Prosecco, $5 crunch box. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. 2009, a year of infamy in the Swift saga. Her You Belong to Me video, uh, music video snags best female video at the MTV Video Music Awards. But let's not break out the confetti just yet. Because uh, you want to enter Kanye West, stage left, hijacking Swift's acceptance speech. Ah, that was it, that year, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, what an ordeal that was. It was. In a moment that is now etched in pop culture history, Kanye in peak, I'm going to let you finish, but mode turns what <laughs> should have been Swift's spotlight into a cringe fest extraordinaire. And it's funny looking back on that and looking where they both are now. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, one's doing really well and one's a Nazi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Taylor's doing really well, if that paints the picture. (laughs) One should be the Nazi with the Aryan, you know what I'm saying? The blonde hair, blue eyes. Buddy already called her vanilla. That's true. (laughs) Honestly, imagine going back in a time machine and you're like, listen, out of these two people, one is going to be a billionaire, the other one's going to be a Nazi. You ain't betting it's going to be Kanye is the Nazi. I wouldn't think, you know. Cue the media frenzy, a tornado of controversy in an internet meme factory working overtime. It was the interruption heard around the world, turning an award moment into a, oh no, he didn't spectacle. Man, Kanye got so razzed for that. You yeah, know. he did. He said, although she was already extremely famous at this point in Rich, this incident, which forced commentary uh, from President Obama even at the time, who called Kanye a jackass, uh, put... <laughs> Pushed he her. Did? He did, yeah. <laughs> My fellow Americans, <laughs> Kanye West, acting like a total jackass out there. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. This pushed her to an entirely different level of fame. If Man, the president. Obama's got her name in his mouth. Yeah. Man. The sitting president is talking about that shit. <laughs> In fact, that was actually, it was right after that was when uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out, and that was one of the lines was, I was the abomination of the whole abomination. <laughs> Kanye knew that he had fucked up pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so she's on like an entirely different level of fame at this point with the president like weighing in on her, which makes sense because Kanye did look like a massive dickhead and insane, and Taylor looked really sweet and innocent. It was almost impossible not to be a Swifty in that moment. In fact, I remember Comedy Central playing the Kanye West episode of South Park nonstop for yeah, 24, for 24 hours. hours. That's yeah, right. That's right. The fish sticks episode. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucking fish sticks. Said, if I am a genius and I like fish sticks, <laughs> dude. Uh, 2009 was Swift's trophy hoarding year. She nabbed five American Music Awards, including Artist of the Year and Billboard's Artist of the Year. At the CMT Music Awards, her Love Story won Video of the Year and Female Video of the Year as well. Plus, she rocked a parody with T-Pain, Thug Story, because why not? Uh, (laughs) And uh, Grammy Gods uh, smiled on Swift this time, crowning Fearless both Album of the Year and Best Country Album. And then Swift lent her voice that year to John Mayer's Half of My Heart and Boys Like Girls, Two is better than one, 
proving that she was a duet darling. I wonder if John Mayer slept with her. We're about to get into that. All right. Half of my heart. I remember she did a duet with a Atlanta rapper, B.O.B. That's right. Before he went completely insane and started believing that the earth is flat. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. He was honestly on a rocket ship trajectory. And then he was like, earth is flat, y'all. And everyone's like, all right, we're out. <laughs> <laughs> he was so good. Like, I know. He's man. That was sad. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in her spare time, Swift dipped her toes in acting as well, dating Valentine's Day co-star Taylor Lautner, because that made them Taylor Squared. Uh, oh, God. That yeah. was the guy from the Twilight that's series. That's correct. Yeah. And guest starring as a troublemaker on CSI and hosting SNL, where she wrote her own monologue, which, I mean, I had to watch it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's no way I wasn't was going to watch it. Could Taylor Swift write her own funny monologue? The verdict, it wasn't horrible. Okay. For someone that isn't known for comedy, like she did a decent job. She jokes on her age and always writing songs about everything she does and offers up the song she wrote about writing the monologue. She points out that she likes to write songs about, quote, douchebags that cheat on me and that she, quote, likes to name them so they're afraid to go out in public. She uh, she is a little bit like a she'll self deprecate on herself yeah. a little bit, and I think that's <laughs> does she wipe up? Sorry, <laughs> yeah, he's that's still Randy. Randy. <laughs> Randy's Randy's still stuck on the Dubai porta potty. <laughs> but uh, no, there's a she had some. She said self defecate on herself. No, deprecate, deprecate. That's different. Yes, <laughs> much different than I, defecate. I, I, I misspoke there. Yeah, my apologies. I actually like someone that self deprecates <laughs> on themselves. No. <laughs> Buddy, continue. Sorry. <laughs> she had some video, Trouble, uh, where she screams out, Trouble, Trouble. Yeah, oh, I remember that one, too. And somebody, like, literally the day it came out on video or whatever, made it, like, where a goat was screaming Oh, it. I remember that, yes. And, I mean, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And uh, But she, like, maybe, like, a month later came out and was like, yeah, that video was so funny. And, like, yeah. watched it, had a reaction <laughs> video to it. I mean, you have to. You can't make fun of yourself, then. Whatever we've talked about that multiple times. If I was a celebrity and like dude, you get all honestly, it's like when you're a kid and your parents be like, if they're bullying you and you let them know it bothers you, then they're gonna just tee Go off to on you. Yep. You got to lean into it, be like, I am a goat. That's what happens. But like I said, uh, you know, she talks about how she likes to talk about boyfriends that dump her or whatever or whatever, and that does seem to be true. Uh, there have been a number of songs over her career that can easily be attributed to the dudes that she's dated. So this is kind of what I know as mm-hmm. a very outside looking in. Middle-aged, 40 dude uh, about Taylor Swift is that she often breaks up and then writes songs about you. That's right. Which is crazy because we only know that because that's what the news ran with for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, you know, like front page news. Oh, you'll be the Well, you'll I don't know about front song. page. It's definitely front page of like the entertainment TMZ. section. Yeah. yeah. Imagine New York Times. Well, what is like, Randy watching? Okay. That's true. Fair enough. <laughs> like Sports Center. Sports Center yeah. or TMZ. Not TMZ so much, but more like Cheaters. It sucks as I cut cable, but uh, I do enjoy cheaters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For instance, she ended up dating John Mayer when he was 32 and she had just turned 19. There it is. Which, according to my reasonable age of dating math of oldest member of the couple's age divided in half and then adding seven, puts Mayer at an unreasonable age of dating. Yeah, that's a little bit of a How leap. old was he? He 32. was 32. She so was 19. 19 plus yeah. seven, right? Yep. Is it seven? Yeah, yeah. 32 divided by... Yeah, two. in half, and then add seven. So, uh, sh- 23 should have been his 
Yeah. Minimum limit. Yeah. yeah. He went yeah. a little below that. Like I said, it's not as bad as a 38-year-old Jerry Seinfeld dating a 17-year-old Shoshana Longstein Ooh. levels of icky. Ooh, but, that's pretty icky. What do we think there, Handy? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He doesn't like to talk about that. You know what's funny, though? Because I pulled it up because I was like, i got to make sure I have this right. And i got to remember her name. And I was like looking it up. And they were talking about an interview he went on with Howard Stern bad decision oh no and howard stern was like hey so sign he's like seinfeld what do you do to sit in central park with like a snickers bar on the end of a string and try to <laughs> yeah 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 i don't think he ever went back on on that show uh, anyway, the sentiment wasn't lost on Taylor later on when she wrote the song Dear John and penned, quote, Dear John, I see it all now that you're gone. Don't you think I was too young to be messed with? There it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that hurt my feelings. I'm sorry, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go be with the Grateful Dead. <laughs> did he, that's right. He did yeah, play. he's with the Grateful Dead now. He God. is? John Mayer's the lead singer of The Grateful Dead. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dude. Uh, I fact check myself to make sure he's still doing it. I know 100% <laughs> sure he was doing it prior. I know he did the, the blues thing for a while, which is pretty good. He's a great guitarist. But yeah, he's really good. All right, fact check. Far Out Magazine. Yeah, the yeah, the title of this is How John Mayer Saved The Grateful Dead. Okay. Oh. Yeah, Do they is. need saving, or can we just go ahead and leave them, you know? And they're called Dead and Company now. That's kind of what they yeah. go out as. Yeah, John Mayer's a singer for him. I I never Garcia. I never understood the fascination with the Grateful Dead or any of those jam bands. Just can't get it, man. Me either. I like that one, like Touch of Gray. Oh, I I, I didn't like that song either. I did because it had the skeletons dancing. Yeah, I remember being a kid and seeing that. It was like '87, but then yeah, the only song I know by them that's like even palatable was like Casey Jones driving that train. High on cocaine. cocaine. <laughs> but I remember as a kid, I was like, oh, Grateful Dead, this should be badass. Look at that fucking skull with a lightning bolt. And then you it listen was to it, and you're like, oh. wiener ass noodling. Same things don't sound anything yeah. like Guns N' Roses. They fall yeah. right in line with Kiss. Yes. Who has that same, like, you're like, oh, man. Yeah, these the aesthetic looks hardcore. And yeah. then you listen to it, you're like, this sucks. <laughs> Taylor drops her third album, Speak Now, and it, like everything else she does, blows the fuck up and scores millions of sales and awards and a juggernaut of a tour, and new boyfriends like Jake Gyllenhaal. The album actually opens atop the Billboard chart, not the country chart, the main chart. And if there was ever any doubt that she had crossed over into the mainstream popularity, she jettisons country music for a more pop aesthetic with the next album, Red. Her transition into pop is seamless, and there's no stop on the trailer train to icon status. We are all aware of her, whether we want to be or not, we hear her name constantly. Our coworkers sell their plasma and eggs to get tickets to her tour and never <laughs> shut the fuck up about getting tickets. There's not much more to be said about her career-wise, so instead, let's look at some of the controversies of Taylor Swift to get a better grasp on her place on the asshole court scoreboard. So I didn't know she dated Jake Gyllenhaal. She's dated like oh, everybody. Yeah, like everybody. Oh, I, I had to be very careful to temper myself here because I wanted to pull up a list and then actually be like, that's a hell of a body count, Taylor. But they'd be like, you're slut-shaming. I'm like, no, I'm actually just more fascinated. I was like, I mean, because if you're dating people, I mean, you're fucking, you would right? Think, yeah, you would assume. If, sure. date, if, you're, you assume. if you're 25 years old and you're dating for three months, you're fucking. It's a heavy assumption. Like, <laughs> is I it? I can't even get it out. No. Oh. <laughs> no. Kids don't even kiss these days. They just fuck and then decide whether they want to go on a date. That's that first sense. base is fucking. Yeah. Second base is anal. 
<laughs> third base is going on a date. Yeah. That's ass eating. <laughs> That's third base. That's third base. And Fourth then you go home and you're like, I think I want you to meet my mom. <laughs> we should hold hands. We've already fucked butt fucked and eaten each other's asses. And now it's time to meet the fam. <laughs> and there it is. The segment is show that my mom hates. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's fair. Anyways, I think I decided not to really just like list all the people that she's dated. Instead, we went on this diatribe, <laughs> whatever that just was. Yeah, but not for her specifically. This is true, which is why, true. yeah, because I don't want to be like people be like, "Oh, that's not fair." If you were a dude, you'd do the same thing. I'm like, "Well, of course I would." I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm also just sort of like, and like, let's keep it real. These guys aren't like you know just. Randos. Randos, yeah, these are like Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. and the Jonas Brothers. She like, picked up a guy. The, she she picked up a guy at the Greyhound track. Yeah, she fucked she, him in the porta potty. Fucking Tiger Woods and banging the <laughs> yeah. Denny's waitress. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, let's see. First, we talked a bit about her supposedly lucky record landing meeting uh, when we knew that her dad definitely threw a decent chunk in as well. But another allegation is that her dad also bought a fuck ton of her first album to help juice it on the charts. Hmm. Oh, man, that sounds like Colonel Tom Parker shit right yeah. there. Did this occur? Well, there's no way to know for sure. But while this may fall into conspiracy territory, the practice of padding numbers for album or book sales is not an uncommon one. I was about to say, I would imagine that's a pretty common practice. Common practice. It really is. Yeah. 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 Anytime the you see label like, buying stuff up to make it seem like it's, a, you know, uh, out of stock. What happens is anytime that you see a New York Times bestseller that's a political one, some political party has bought thousands of them to just run it up and the charts, man. So that's and how you get, get a New York Times bestseller. Because you hear people, I'm a New York Times bestseller. And that's like, right. Huh? How'd yeah. you get that to happen? Yeah. All right. Now I know. Yeah. When Sean Hannity has his like new book out, New York Times bestseller. Well, like CPAC already bought like 30,000 of them and they're going to give them out at the next CPAC thing and then it charges up the thing. And, you know, it's a feedback loop. That's how it works. So, like I said, considering that it was one of the first releases of Big Machine Records, there's some obvious motive built in as well, right? Like, why wouldn't you want that to work out? We'll likely never know. And even if it did happen, it's almost like an industry standard to some extent. So, I don't really give a shit. Yeah. Then there's the lawsuits, and there's a couple to discuss. Remember Dan Dimetro, the guy that landed the Abercrombie and Fitch shoot and the artist yeah, development deal? Yeah. With he, the tear and the guitar? That's right. Yes, right. He jumped on the Swift bandwagon in April 2004 when Taylor was just 14, only to be kicked to the curb right before she signed with Scott Porchetta and Big Machine in 2005. Pretty shitty timing, but hey, what are you going to do? Sue him? Yep. yep. <laughs> Dimetro, the mastermind who introduced Swift to Borchetta and CAA, unfortunately, he also introduced, oh, he introduced them. Introduced them. Oh, yeah. damn. Apparently, only got paid a grand total of hey, 10. Hey, babe, I want to introduce you to my best friend here. <laughs> what do you mean you're leaving me? Yeah. yeah. I want to introduce you to my bodybuilding yeah. super rich friend. Look at his Lamborghini, isn't it cool? <laughs> yeah, he's going to let me ride in the back seat while you guys sit up front. Wait, there is no backseat. Yeah. <laughs> Lamborghini uh, Mercy. Your girlfriend, she's so thirsty. I'm in the, the two-seat Lambo with your girl. She's trying to jerk me. They're going to pick me up in just a minute. I'm on the next ride. That's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, apparently he said he only got paid $10,000 for his troubles of managing Swift for that period. And feeling like he got the short end of the stick, he sued in 2007, demanding 5 to 10% of Swift's earnings, which... 
Let's face it, that's that's a lot of fucking money. Uh, yeah. Pretty substantial. Yeah. The lawsuit's piece de resistance was an alleged email from Taylor's dad to Borchetta, the head of Big Machine Records or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Quote, enough with the dime tro, Swift Sr. apparently wrote. You asked me to break both his legs, wrap him in chains, and throw him in the lake. I did. End quote. When I read that, I actually had very close to an actual spit take. <laughs> like I was like, this is the hardest fucking email of all time. It's That's not like soprano shit yeah, right like, there. Like, hey, get rid of that guy so I can be the manager. He was like, You asked me to kill him, saw his body up, make gelatin out of it, feed it to my family, and then <laughs> save some for the next Thanksgiving. It's done. <laughs> Signed. Mr. Swift. That's right. I did it swiftly. That's why they call me Swift. I got real good with that sawzall, right? Took his fucking limbs off first, put him in the igloo cooler. Didn't want to use the Yeti because I'm going to throw it in the river. No fingerprints. That's right. Swift's defense played the age card saying that she was a minor when she inked the deal with Dimetro and without a court's nod in New York, that contract was as good as a napkin doodle. That's exactly right. Yep. <clears throat> sign a contract to anybody under 18. That's right. And while they didn't contest the contract's merits, they did say Dimetro was inflating his role in Taylor's rise. Then there was the other legal dispute. Remember Ronnie Kramer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. Back to Kramer. The computer repairman who moonlighted as a guitar instructor? (laughs) Well, first of all, he says that Taylor's story about him coming to fix a computer and just happening to bring his guitar along is bullshit. Which, I mean, yeah. Who brings their fucking guitar in on a computer repair job? (laughs) He said that he was paid to be her guitar instructor for two years at a rate of $32 an hour. Okay. So they hired him, and then she was just like, he was like computer repair guy, and then he came slash, in. <laughs> slash yeah. guitar teacher. That's right. Anyway, that's not really the issue. The issue is that once Taylor becomes one of the most famous people on the planet, Ronnie is like, time to leverage that shit. And he opens up a website titled com, which, if you don't have context, could seem like a really sketchy link to click on the internet. <laughs> I already don't want to click on that. I'm already not Googling the Dubai (laughs) porta potty. Talk to me out of that one. There's literally thousands of people listening, though, that are going (laughs) to Google Dubai porta potties. Um, Taylor's legal team was like, yeah, no, Ronnie, that shit ain't happening, bro. And they shut his website down. Ronnie said, quote, I almost feel like they were trying to bully me a little bit. (laughs) He said, I'm not giving back the domain name. I mean, GoDaddy sold it to me. (laughs) End quote. That's a real quote. (laughs) I taught TaylorSwift.com. Yep. He said he made plans for the website, but they weren't commercially driven. Quote, I've got nothing to sell on it. Kramer revealed, quote, it's going to be an informational website that basically lets people know what really happened. End quote. Uh, as if anybody really gives a shit, Ronnie. <laughs> but say it's like four run-on sentences, like one paragraph and one page. I was tell you all the real story about Taylor Swift. Yep. It's going to have a Venmo donation it will. <laughs> yeah. thing right I there. I taught her guitar for two years, and one time she farted, and it reflected off the seat real loud, and I tried to ignore it because she was obviously embarrassed, and her cheeks lit up in red. She was trying to talk about some story about how she was going to be a professional flatchinist. <laughs> but... Right. Uh, I didn't believe her. If you want to donate, it's Cream on Ronnie at Venmo. <laughs> Cream on Ronnie 69 at Venmo. 420. <laughs> hey guys, real quick. 
If you're liking the show, do us a favor and give us that sweet, sweet five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're catching us on. It makes a huge difference. Now, back to Asshole Court. Uh, Next, in a 2015 power move, Taylor Swift's legal team dropped a cease and desist bomb on Allison Kilkenny, host of Citizen Radio, for daring to discuss uh, Wildest Dreams, the song Wildest Dreams, on air. Uh, They didn't even apparently play the track at all. They just recited some of the lyrics. And Kilkenny ended up texting, what's up at Taylor Swift 13, which I guess is her twitter handle i don't know yeah, yeah said, she's obsessed with the number 13 so. okay she said sending your legal hounds after podcast now also well, good for her 13 so i guess that sort of eliminates everybody getting superstitious about that because she's won the fucking lottery yeah <laughs> yeah i think maybe like my daughter was telling me one time like maybe her birthday's the 13th and maybe like her first album came out on the 13th so it has significance to her yeah, yeah, yeah. all right makes sense so mm-hmm. it was a podcast that what talk shit about her? No, they just were kind of nervous, or I don't know. They were just like talking about the song and talking about lyrics, and apparently, like their attorneys came out there and were like, "You gotta shut the fuck up." Huh. Earlier that same year, Swift Squad of attorneys went full Terminator on Etsy fans, crafting items with quote this sick beat from "Shake It Off." There you go. You can't make money off of her. This That's right. Yeah. Sick beat. <laughs> Buddy knows the fuck out of Taylor Swift. These fans, just trying to spread some Swift love, apparently, got a crash course in the cold, hard world of intellectual property laws. Yep. Etsy, uh, playing the role of the obedient school principal, quickly reminded everyone, we follow DMCA rules, no <laughs> autographs, please. Uh, summer 2022, Swift is criti- uh, criticized for her private jet usage, leading to environmental concerns. Uh, and her team responds, stating that her jet is often loaned out to others. This topic could have been an episode of Conspiracy Court. Yeah. Because there was a lot of people that said that, like, she one of the first football games she went to was when the Kansas City was playing the Jets. Yeah. And it was to conceal the fact that if you before then would search Taylor Swift jet, it was that, like, the like her carbon footprint for, like, her jet that she had, and she loaned it out to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, so, like, there was, like, a, a big shitstorm coming about it, basically. Man. No, the but Chiefs, she the went, Chiefs were playing the Jets, and it was in New York City, and then her and Travis went out to New York yeah. City after the game. Also, that's yeah. one day. The problem isn't her flying one time. Yeah. It's flying uh, maybe all the time. Uh, well, no, that's what they were saying. Like, she has this jet. She uses it all the time. Yeah, yeah. She's oh, supposed so, to be yeah. like Little Miss Princess, whatever. So she went to the Jets game to cover that up. So now if you type Taylor Swift Jets, you'd see a picture of her I at see. the Jets game. Like Walt Disney's frozen body, and that's why they made Frozen. That's yeah. Right. Yes, that's yes. right. Yes. Our conspiracy corner. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Uh, and then there is, of course, her recent foray into public politics. Since 2020, Tay-Tay has been pretty vocal about having young people register to vote which has raised the hackles of many a conservative politician and talking head from permanently confused-looking Tucker Carlson to human blobfish and possible Zodiac killer Ted Cruz. (laughs) (laughs) She's also come out as staunchly pro-choice, which, again, not making any fans from the conservative peanut gallery there. Uh, Then there was the accusation that she cheated on her then-boyfriend Calvin Harris, who I have no fucking clue who that is. The DJ. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, okay. that's right, Randy. Good yeah. call. Okay. Look at that. All right. Yeah, yeah. He's with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm over here gloating. That's it. Uh, she cheated on Calvin Harris, uh, who Randy's a big fan of, <laughs> and hooked up with Tom Hiddleston. Hiddleston? Oh, uh, Hiddleston. Superman, right? 
no, no he's, Spider-Man. Uh, no, he is um, Loki. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's Lost right. Me. What's that? He's in the Marvel universe. <laughs> All right. Yep. There you go. I'm out. Yeah. Don't know who Loki. He might have been in a Lo- thing I or two. I thought he said Loki. Like he's Loki. <laughs> oh. Oh, we don't know much about him. <laughs> no, his character is Loki from Thor. Loki. Yeah, yeah. Loki. Yeah. Odinson. Yeah, yeah. I only. Yeah, I only know that one because I actually I had to watch Thor Ragnarok with my son. That's a good movie. I will agree. Actually, honestly, Randy, even if you don't like, because I don't like comic book movies it's a comedy it's actually pretty fucking funny to an extent that's kind of when marvel had like reached the peak of their yeah. arc as far as like comedy pg-13 in it, yeah, but yeah. dancing the line but that was right in their sweet spot that's right yeah it was actually pretty good it was good you know and so like I said, they're saying that she cheated on calvin harris hook up with tom hiddleston which of course cannot be proven but i mean it's possible for good or bad taylor swift does seem to change famous boyfriends like seasonal wardrobes and, well, I don't give a shit. Yeah, who yeah. cares? Good for her. Yeah. At the end of the day. But yeah. look, look at most famous people. They're always dating They're always somebody. switching around, yeah. dating somebody else. Like, who gives a fuck how often it is at yeah, the I end of the day? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Uh, so that's about it for the controversies. Uh, there are a bunch of, like, minor things that aren't really worth getting into. They're all, like, small things. Like, someone says, you stole this picture and used it in part of your album. And I, I don't know. It's whatever. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. And it's possible, but it's I, she doesn't even fucking really choose that shit until they just hand her like 25 pictures, and she's like, that's the one I want. So, now, let's flip the script and take a look at the good things that Taylor has done since becoming famous and having more money than her fellow Tennessean, Davy Crockett. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? October 2011, she drops $70,000 in books on the Reading Public Library, Pennsylvania, donates 6000 kid and teen reads mid-tour, right? So she just drops... 6,000 books. And on two, the library or in the library? On the li- like on the library. She killed six kids. <laughs> they had to <laughs> get all the, the books off the roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah but they're from Pennsylvania. Show. Nobody gave a shit. Yeah, but so what? She's, this is her Dolly Parton trying to be in the book club type moment. Maybe so. She was uh, sponsored by Pizza Hut. That's with right. Bo- with the book, book it. program. Yeah. That's right. Everybody trying to get them personal pans. That's right. I'm old. Mm, they're delicious. If y'all know that reference, you're old too. Yeah, that's right. You're extremely old. <laughs> It's time to make sure that your blood pressure medication is <laughs> filled. Go take your blood pressure with your home kit right That's now. Right. January 2015, Swift gets sentimental with the song Ronin, which is a tribute to a kid battling neuroblastoma, brain cancer, uh, and hands over song proceeds to cancer charities. Meanwhile, she plays Santa and dishes out $1,989 to a fan stressing over their student loans. February 2015, new to New York City, Swift celebrates with a $50,000 donation from her Welcome to New York single to the city's schools. September, wildlife video Wildest Dreams earns big. Swift sends cash to African Parks Foundation of America, fighting poaching and boosting nature conservation. So every dollar that was made off that video went to this group or whatever. That's cool. Yeah. February 2016, she drops a uh, cool quarter mil to support Kesha during her legal battles with Dr. Luke. Kesha was saying she got, like, raped and beat up by Dr. Luke or some yeah, shit like that. Yeah, Dr. Luke. He was like a producer. Oh. Yeah, there's some crazy stuff that went on with that. Yeah. And she basically was like skyrocketed to the top and yeah. then couldn't use her name Kesha anymore because it was already, you know, contractually tied to something. Yeah. And so she was like, fuck it, I'm done. And huh. yeah. that's why she just like disappeared. Well, and she was saying that Dr. Luke, the producer that sort of like helped get her there, was like abusive and like raped her. It was pretty, pretty yeah, gnarly. It was, it was gnarly so, yeah. charges. Yeah, so she donated a, uh, like a quarter mil for her like legal stuff. 
August 2016, she donates in gratitude to the docs who fixed Jamie King's son's heart. Jamie King is her like best friend, so she's her son's god mother, yeah. godmother, yeah. And nobody knows really what she donated, but like the people from the from the uh, from the hospital were like, "Dude, thanks for this like extremely generous donation." And that same time, she pledges one million dollars for Louisiana flood relief. August 2017, she ended up she'd sued this guy from a radio station that she said like grabbed her. Ooh, yeah, she ended up winning like one dollar. Okay. For the lawsuit, but it was you know that was all she sued yeah. for. But <clears throat> I think I don't know. But I mean, wanted to sue him just to prove a point. Yeah, I guess. and then she made a generous donation to the Joyful Heart Foundation for sexual assault survivors, which again they didn't publish what it was. But Mariska Haggerty is who I guess started that foundation, and she again said it was a very generous donation. Uh, let's Once see. Again, our, but at the end of the day, what are we doing? Like, uh, just I mean. These are their tax write-offs at the end of the day. Damn, buddy. <laughs> like, I mean, she doesn't have to donate anything. I, I guess. know, but like, it's like we're congratulating th- her for tax write-offs. Well, no, I think if she really wanted to, like, really, like, sort of, uh, she would publish the amount. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? I think I feel like it's. I feel I, like a lot of this does go unspoken or unspoken. I think so too. Unless yeah. the people come out and say. Man, well, that's why all a lot of these money. ones are coming up for people that are yeah. just like, "Wow, thanks so much for this very generous donation." She's not, pr- yeah, she's right. not promoting it. No, it's she's not being like, "Look what I did." More so, and Put, it is a tax write-off. Putting it on TikTok, <laughs> buddy went full cynical, <laughs> cynical Stephen, and was just like, "I mean, come on." Uh, Twenty September twenty seventeen steps up for Hurricane Harvey victims. Sends again a very sizable donation to the Houston Food Bank. Again, they said thanks very much. We don't know what it is. April 2018, here we go, Rain, which is the, uh, it's, I don't know, it's against rape and incest or something like that. They, they thank Swift for a hefty donation during Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Nobody knows what it is. Sizable. Well, no, that's good that she's, like, making all these contributions, for oh, sure. I mean, yeah. for sure. And she's, it, they, they're very, like, nice causes, too. Oh, yeah. Like, it's very a, humane causes. Yeah. It's not all, like, animals and the environment. Salvation no. Some Army. Some environment, which is cool. You know, which is very cool. Yeah, yeah. and animals are, animals are cool, too. Yeah. But, like, these are super, pretty specific people yeah. that are suffering pretty bad. Yeah. Stuff that you can see that it, it pulls at her heartstrings. Oh, sure. yeah. July 2018, and this actually goes to further Randy's point here, she donates, like, a pile of reputation tour tickets to grieving Massachusetts police departments. One of the guys in the police department got killed up there or whatever. Uh, so she ended up giving a ton of money out to like, or not money, but tickets out to like the police and their wives and stuff okay. like that. Which, it sounds like, oh, that's sort of whatever, but those tickets were fucking expensive shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. September 2019, she donates $10,000 to a random person, like a fan that has osteosarcoma, has a GoFundMe page and just mentioned that she was a Taylor Swift fan. She shows up and gives her $10,000. Wow. Yeah. March 2020, she throws a million dollars at Nashville tornado relief efforts, and she secretly sends stimulus checks to fans hit by COVID-19. Wow. Oh, hell yeah. That's cool. Yeah. March 2023, she donates uh, to food banks uh, in the Ares Tour City. Like, whenever she was stopping, she was donating money again don't know what it is but they would be like wow thanks so much sure and i know that like on the tour like they always did like all their own food Mm -hmm. inside like they wouldn't like go out and get food out like she wanted to keep everybody as healthy as possible Mm -hmm. so i'm sure at each stop maybe there's like extra food that they would donate to the food banks and stuff like that too yeah august 2023 let's see swift seems to be a really cool boss and she hands a hundred thousand dollar bonuses to 50 era tour truck drivers. Yeah, I remember yep. reading this. I yeah, remember yeah. hearing about that as well. 
Five million dollars. Hundred K in bonus money. Can you imagine being a truck driver and you're probably already making pretty good money. You're making good money, but a hundred thousand bucks just like Dude, boom. That's, yeah. yeah. Man, I'm gonna get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> November twenty twenty three, she helps out Patrick Mahomes Mahomes Foundation, which is the greatest <laughs> non profit name. Of anything of all time. Hey, it's my homie. <laughs> my cherry. Yeah. Gold, you know. She's friends with uh, his, <laughs> with his wife. My Brittany Mahomes, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she, she signs a bunch of merch and she donates it to him for their <laughs> cause or whatever. December 2023, another tornado. Another million dollars from Swift to Tennessee Relief. Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee gives her props. Nice. nice. Million dollars. Uh, and I highly doubt that that's the last we'll hear for generous giving with her pocketbook Considering that she just got valued at $1.1 billion by Forbes in October of 2023, becoming the first artist to do that solely from album sales and touring. Wow. Yeah, those those tours are money makers for yeah, her. Like her Dre, second tour Dre ever Diddy was sixty three million. Is all like extracurricular outside of mm-hmm. music, really. It's true. And now she also has to boot that, you know, she did that movie where she oh, the air store she went outside of the studios went yep. just straight to amc yeah. made the deal with them and so like she kept a substantial chunk of the profits on that as well oh yeah and so now and then also when they released it out on amazon and stuff like that they added like three or four songs that wasn't in the movie yeah. like i mean like they're just they're doing it right she is business savvy as fuck dude. yeah like, and i don't know if it's her or her team or whatever but she's obviously the one that gets the green light the stuff but when you watch those things, even like I said, from the very beginning when her first single is Tim McGraw, right. I'm like, yeah. she's got a plan here, I think. I've seen interviews with her, and she's definitely got a team around her. But I believe she ends up making all the calls at the end of the day. She talked about how her team was trying to talk her out when she was all country, and she wanted to do a pop album. Yeah. They tried to talk her out of it, and she was just like, no, I know yeah. my audience. This is what I'm feeling right now. They're going to respond to it. I know it. Yeah. So fuck it. I'm doing it this way. And well, and your bellwether right there is pretty easy because you're like, I just hit number one on the full-on like Billboard 100. Yeah. I don't even need... like yeah. it's, it's I've obviously crossed over at this point. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. You know, but also, it's my body. I can do what I want. I do what I want. <laughs> but I mean, like, even when she was like 11 years old and she did, she got like, you know, shot down by the record executives and she was just like, I knew I was doing the same shit everybody else was. I had yeah. to figure something else out. Yeah. I'm just like... I mean, honestly, it's impressive. Uh, it's hard to hate her, but I was like, so, you know, there she is. So honestly, man, like, being a big football fan... Mm-hmm. My whole take on her and Travis Kelsey together, mm-hmm. I love it. Like cool. it's rare that you get somebody like Taylor Swift and somebody like Travis Kelsey, and it like seems cool, yeah. you know. Unless yeah. like not since re- Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen. Well, that, it's even different. Like, yeah, not many. I mean, everybody knows who Giselle Bunchen is, but she ain't Taylor Swift. No, and no. Travis Kelsey's not Tom Brady, but he's. A lot he's clo- getting fucking. He's a closer, lot closer yeah. to Tom Brady than she is to you know yeah, or Giselle is to yeah. her and terms of popularity i loved uh pretty much like the weekend after they hooked up or like made it official mm-hmm. there was a lot of videos that came out of women talking to their husbands and stuff being like wow taylor really put this uh kelsey guy on the map and yeah. the guys are like oh, yeah. uh dude he was on the map way before her and they're it's like true. but not like this not like this yeah. well i mean in terms of like broad exposure it's true I mean, oh, like yeah, the average getting, person that isn't a football fan doesn't really. Pay well, that's the thing Travis. too is Travis Kelsey has a podcast with his brother Jason. Yeah. That's already a big hit. Like yeah, he was sure. already popular yeah. on his. And he's like just a very charismatic person. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, he was already a star. Yeah, he well, he's a star. But like, even if I didn't want to know anything about Taylor Swift, I can't avoid her. That's exactly. Oh, dude, even if you watch football on Sundays, yeah. and you're watching a Chiefs game. You're now going to see Taylor Swift. That's yeah. right. And they show her after every time he catches the ball and yeah. a big play. You know, it's yeah. it is what it is. Yep. Dude, soak it up. We rarely get this shit. When was the last time? I don't know. I can't even. I don't know. It's a. I don't know. I, just, so I say enjoy the ride. Is it exciting? Know? Is it like when you're watching the game? Is it just because you think it's bringing new fans in? Or I think it definitely is bringing new fans in. Uh-huh. But like as you know, I'm watching. My wife's there with me, mm-hmm. and it pops up. Hey, she's at the game. Right, we'll start. And then I start joking about everything, okay. you All know. Right. Yeah, it's just yeah. a little, little a twist little conversation for a so it, it absolutely. So I, I think probably dudes and guys watching just Chiefs games really because yeah. that's where you're going to see her. Yeah, um, yeah, it brings a little bit of twist to it, but it's cool. Like I said, enjoy the ride. We don't get this very often. Yeah, sure. I can't think of any other. Like I mean, there's been people to date each other, but like you know, not no. not like this. No. Yeah, my daughter is watching football with my father her grandfather where yeah. she's never done that before no. you know that is wild that is so fucking insane it's yeah. just like yeah oh, and it'll true. show her it shows her all the time well yeah of course all the time yeah, yeah. well yeah. what i mean if you're the cameraman yeah they're gonna and you're fucking there. cbs they're gonna pan yeah, up to her yeah. one time pointed at her all uh-huh. the entire oh, time they, you know. they pan up and she's on her like seventh fucking miller light <laughs> shotgunning them or she like fucking <laughs> like throws up a little foam in her mouth ma- oh, fuck <laughs> Well, the owner of the fucking Carolina Panthers threw his beer at a fan the other day from his luxury box. Oh, nice. really? Yeah, they fined him. I think it was three hundred seventy-five thousand bucks. He said, "Fuck it, I don't give a shit. I'm a billionaire." Yeah, he's bitch. a multi-billionaire. Yeah, David Tepper is his name. That's right. Yeah, threw his drink at a fan on video. That was the the ba- it was real on video, and then cussed and kind of stormed out. Like it was real obvious what he did. It wasn't one of those incognito Dude, drink tosses. Nah. nah. Like the idea of someone just handing me three hundred seventy-five million dollars makes me just in my <laughs> pants. <laughs> I can't I give a shit, man. It's all relative, right? That's true. Anyways, all right. There she is in all her pop glory, the biggest musical starlet of the last decade, at least. Yeah, Final scores, man, boys. Easy, buddy. Lead us off. All right. So for me, um, yeah, she seems. Pretty awesome overall. I mean, like, she's donated to everything in the world, it seems like, that we covered there at the end of the show. She's a very positive influence. Um, I'm glad my daughter is um, on the Tay-Tay train. Better than, like, Kardashians. Nicki Minaj or something like that. Or that'd be fucked up. <laughs> you know, like, but that's what a lot of middle schoolers this are into. This is my fucking track, Dad. Yeah. WAP! Yeah, I was about to say Cardi B, yeah. Dad. Yeah, get this WAP, Pop. <laughs> Buddy literally was like, this is getting edited. Nah, and it's nah, staying right. in. It's staying in. <laughs> but no, I'm glad uh, my daughter is on the Tay-Tay train because uh, there's a lot of music out there she could be listening to. And uh, you, sorry to interlude, she doesn't even have a sex tape. Think about that. Like, most celebrities, there's Not some this public. record of sex, right? There is, but there's no public like yeah. Taylor sex tape. You know yeah. what I mean? There's, you know, true. again, squeaky clean. Sorry to cut you off, buddy. Well, I was just that's... thinking about that while you immediately went to sex tape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if like the biggest scandal ever was if she was to do by porta potty? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That's... Obviously, not gonna happen. I mean, she would actually, she would probably be a reverse. She could like take a dump on a shake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, some, some shake fucking, it off. Yeah. Shake it off. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Some, I knew at some point some, tonight. Some Dubai. Have, he's like worth like thirty mil. And she's like, I'll pay you oh, to let me shit. And in the video, whatever the title is in Dubai, they spell yeah, yeah. D O O. Shake B-I-I. it off. Yeah. Dubai. <laughs> All right, that was. 
<laughs> Nobody in the world has ever had that thought about Taylor Swift. <laughs> Very unique what we're doing here on <laughs> Asshole Court. Wow. All right. So uh, moving forward, she was on Punked. Do you guys remember this? I remember Punked. She was but I don't on Punk. Punk was like big in like oh three oh four. Yeah, Kutcher, I know. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And who's the guy that is on the uh, Bobby Lee, maybe Tiger Belly or whatever the dude with the comic with the red hair? I don't know. He was on the show as okay. like like Dax and him and somebody else. Okay, uh, but yeah. So on Punk, she showed up over at Justin Bieber's like recording studio, which was like in California or something like right on the beach. Yeah. So they you know record a couple you know just hang out a little bit. They get everybody out on the balcony and they start lighting off fireworks. Okay. And they get Taylor to like light off a couple. She doesn't want to, but she finally does. She lights off a couple. And there is like a boat that's out in the water, and oh, like nice. the fireworks go over there, and it catches on fire. But they're having a wedding on the boat, and so it that's shows a like big fucking prank. I like oh it. yeah, they had yeah. the the groom and the bride like escaping on one of those like uh like little mini boats, uh, uh, you yeah. know, like to get away from it, and like yeah, like the groom falls into the water and all this. So she's freaking the fuck out the whole time, and then dude, of course, th- yeah. someone give me some fucking money. Let me come up with some pranks, <laughs> dude. <laughs> But it's hilarious watching her freak out, like <laughs> freaking yeah. out. Well, well, the only context they have to base their investment on your ideas is this podcast. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, he's talking about Dubai port potties. <laughs> I don't think this is the smartest investment for us. <laughs> this is going to get gross. <laughs> it will probably work. Yes. Uh, it, like I said, everything that it sounds like everything she's doing is on top. Every city that she goes to that she has a, a show in, it like boosts the economy of that city. Oh, yeah, it's nuts. It, it's crazy. And so, yeah, no, I, I think that she's just awesome. It seems like she's really doing everything that she can to uh, stay on the up and up and straight and narrow. So as a final score for me, I got to drop her. Yeah, I got to you know get more into the range that uh, Mikey and Randy were at the beginning of the show. I think she's not quite on the Dolly Parton level. So uh, I'm going to push Taylor just up a little bit, but I'm going to give her a final score of a 2.75. All right, 2.75 for Buddy. Randy, what do you got? All right, so honestly, not a whole lot changed since my kind of intro thoughts. She's played her cards so perfectly. She's avoided sex tapes, big scandals, arrests, rehab shaving her head like just crazy shit again i think yeah. she has a strong team around her. oh yeah Absolutely. and her parents are the head of it oh yeah no doubt you know, like so. she definitely had a, a leg up in terms of like how you got there but does that yeah. make you an asshole not at all no like, not so there's all. a fucking army oh of yeah rich little like oh look at girls. all these like pageant kids you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying and sorry if you're a pageant parent out there but uh it's kind of obscene the amount of money that's spent on that shit Absolutely. and like for what yeah. Sure. Your, your pageant kids? Yeah. Pageants? Like, what? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, like? it's like it's sort of like, it's sort of the equivalent of when they're like, thinking that if you take steroids, that you'll become a major league baseball player. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it'll, it may help you if you're already that good and may move you up a little bit, but like, I can't go just take some fucking Wisterol and all of a sudden I'm <laughs> playing with the Astros or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But uh, she does. She's followed the template, man, and she's. Seriously, you said the biggest pop star in a decade. I mean, it's probably, it's probably more two than decades yeah. now. Just insane love, you know, the numbers she puts up, but it's the good that she does. I, you know, obviously you read about the bonuses of the truck drivers, mm-hmm. but she's constantly putting her money where her mouth is. Yeah. You know, and actually, it doesn't even put her mouth anywhere. That's I was about to say, like, quietly does a yeah, lot. I think, I don't think we even really. 
probably know the full extent of what she's... Oh, definitely not. Definitely know. not. I'm sure the amount of money she's done in tax write-offs, buddy, is just yeah. insane. <laughs> but yeah, if you're worth like $1.1 billion, you know what I'm saying? You like, gotta find a few million to give away every year. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. easy. Sure. I don't even want to know what that's like, that tax bill. Anyway, I, I don't even want to know the kind of money she made on that tour. Oh, she's got really oh, good accountants. Yeah. She pays much less in terms of like actual <laughs> percentage of tax. She pays Jeff Bezos taxes. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah. even if it's 10%, that's still $100 Oh, million. at least even that. <laughs> but even let's say it is, you know. Well, like, so it's it's nominal worth, figures yeah. versus whatever it is, right? Yeah. So that's the problem. You're like, yeah, but I'm just like, it would be nice if you would pay the same as I do. Right? <laughs> yeah. Percentage wise. Right? So honestly, like she is on the trajectory to be like Dolly. I mean, honestly, yeah, she's done really, really, really well for yeah. herself. No real like, scandals. She's come out like I said. Like even if she did fuck up later in life, like eh, whatever, man. Like you're you're human. Yeah, you know what I mean. But you've been pretty damn good to this point. My final score for her is a one point eight. One point eight. One point eight. Bring wow. that in low. Yeah. low. She's on her way to Dolly Dumb. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, Mikey. What do you think? Um, I will uh, agree with everything I said. I think the only problem is the way that she treated Kyle, the cameraman. <laughs> Turn that fucking camera off, Kyle. <laughs> Tear your Tear your hair out, <laughs> slob. Is that what she said? Yeah. That is correct. You used the phrase tear your hair out for a long time. I've known Mikey a long time, and that phrase tear your hair out makes him laugh every time. It's not rip your hair out. It's tear your hair out. You got to say he's dying right now. You got to say tear your hair out, and Mikey will fall out laughing. <laughs> it's just so absurd, the idea of like... <laughs> <laughs> Your first method of attack is to just pull someone's hair <laughs> out of their head. You gotta do it quick. You know, like quick pull. You're like, I'd rather get punched. I think you know, You're like, ow, son of a bitch. And I think Taylor Swift would probably go that route. Anyways, um, you know, aside from her tearing <laughs> Kyle's hair out, uh, you know, the like the controversies are pretty minimal. Like I said, even the idea of her. Getting a leg up from wealthy parents. I, I don't give a fuck that much. There was one incident that happened this summer on the tour where she was down in Brazil and the stadium just got really packed, yeah. uh, of course, like as it always does. But they don't allow water bottles to be brought in yeah. by people. And the, I mean, like, I think the temperatures got up to like 120 oh, or 130. Oh, God, with 100% humidity. Yeah. Too. So uh, one of the people, one of the girls in the crowd ended up dying. And yeah, so a lot of people this. were yeah. like hating on Taylor for that, but apparently okay. behind the scenes she got really pissed off about it, and uh, like made the Brazilians concede, and they actually started allowing water bottles in. Fans were put up at all these different areas. Oh yeah. Um. So she actually affected change for today <laughs> and the future moving forward. There you huh. go. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Uh, even in that moment, you know. She's not going to be like, hey, here's the rider and here's what they're charging for waters. You know, she's like, well, this seems good to me. I, I don't need any more money. So, you know, I mean, I just definitely need to get that extra $13,000 I'm going to get from water sales and then actually turn it into like a valuable thing. Anyways, no, no, no. Uh, I think she's a actually very decent person, significantly better uh, human being than I am. Uh, I am going to score her at a two. I think Randy's right. The trajectory is towards Dolly. She's got a little ways to go. Absolutely. Still right. got a lot of years to catch up to Dolly, though. Oh, too, for sure. So. All right. Final score from Mikey 2.0. All right. With a 2.75 from Buddy, a 1.8 from Randy, and a 2.0 from Mikey, 
Taylor Swift's final asshole score is a 2.18. All right, 2.18. She landed right where we thought she would, in between Dolly Parton and the Pilgrims. Again, Dolly Parton at 1.3, the Pilgrims at 3.83, and now Taylor Swift sits at 2.18. Yep. Final asshole score. That tracks. That tracks pretty well, actually. Yep. That seems right about right. Awesome. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Asshole Court. If you haven't already gotten your swag in the mail, shit, you should have it by now. Uh, We sent out all of our swag for all of our Patreon Fart Circle members recently. If you want to get in on this badass action, you need to go to patreon.com slash podcast and check out the Fart Circle or, uh, you know, we love all your support and all the subscriptions, but to get in on the swag and stickers and full access, got to get on that Fart Circle. Appreciate all the support. We love you guys. Be kind to one another, and we will see you next time on Asshole Court. (laughs) 